0: Thank mm-hmm. Of the Anne's Library Podcast, I'm Laura from Laura Liz Buckley. And I'm Joe from Pages of the Moon. For this episode, we decided to go back and revisit a couple of books from season one. So I read something that Joe read last season, and Joe read something that
1: I read. So Joe, what did you go for from my season one selections? I read A Song of Wraiths and Ruins by Roseanne A. Brown. Lovely. I enjoyed that one a lot. What did you read? I went for Anxious People by Frederick Backman. Ooh. Hmm.
0: Ooh. So as per usual, we'll take it in turns to read the blurbs of our books and then I'm going to go first today so I'll pitch Anxious People to Jo, even though she's already read it, and then talk about my thoughts and we'll have a little swap over, Jo will do the same, and we'll finish up on a random question of the week. Okay, blurb for Anxious People then. In a small town in Sweden, it appears to be an ordinary day, but look more closely and you'll see a mysterious masked figure approaching a bank. Two hours later, chaos has descended. A bungled robbery has developed into a hostage situation and the offender is refusing to communicate their demands to the police. Within the building, fear quickly turns to irritation for the seven strangers trapped inside. If this is to be their last day on Earth, shouldn't it be a bit more dramatic? But as the minutes tick by, they begin to suspect that the criminal mastermind holding them hostage might be more in need of rescuing than they are.
1: Ooh. I mean, I say ooh, I've read the book. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so, so there, there's there. really not a lot of ooh
1: factor for you. No. <laughs> Here is the blurb for A Song of Wraiths and Ruins. For Malik, the Solstasia festival is a chance to escape his war-stricken home and start a new life with his sisters in the prosperous desert city of Zoran. But when a vengeful spirit abducts Malik's younger sister Nadia, a payment into the city, Malik strikes a fatal deal. Kill Karina, crown princess of Zaran, for Nadia's freedom. But Karina has deadly aspirations of her own. Her mother, the Sultana, has been assassinated. Her court <gasps> threatens mutiny, and Solstasia looms like a knife over her neck. Grief-stricken Karina decides to resurrect her mother through ancient magic, which is always boding well, by the way. I'm just going to add a little joke insert <laughs> there. Requiring the beating heart of a king, because of course it does. And she knows just how to obtain one, by offering her hand in marriage to the victor of the Falstasia competition, when Malik rigs his way into the contest, they are set on a course to destroy each other. But as attraction flares between them and ancient evil stirs, will they be able to see their tasks to the death? Mine's very dramatic. It's hugely dramatic. It is. Especially compared to yours, even though there's like hostage. Yeah, I mean,
0: mine, as is indicated in the blurb, although we'll, we'll get to that, like the danger is not that that big. No. Not, not that great for those in the, uh, the apartment. But we'll come on to that. So, all right, I'm going to pitch the book. Really, I'm mostly pitching it to to listeners, although you have heard Joe talk about it before if you listen to season one. If you haven't listened to season one, you know, do get on that. What have you been doing with your life? But yeah, pitch for anxious people. Seven strangers are caught up in a hostage situation, trapped in an apartment with a gun-wielding bank robber while a father and son police duo try to negotiate their release. But is a bank robber a bank robber if they couldn't actually rob the bank? And is a hostage situation really a hostage situation if it occurred completely by accident? And how seriously can you really take someone wielding a gun if the gun might not even be real? As is so often the case in life, nothing in anxious people is quite what it seems. Unfortunately, the stakes are still terrifyingly high, and good intentions aren't always enough to protect you from the fallout of a string of truly terrible decisions. Mm. So I went in a slightly different direction with my pitch from the blurb.
1: Yeah, I really liked your... Oh, you sell a bank robber, even if you didn't rob a bank. I like that.
0: Um, Okay. The beginning of the book focuses on setting up kind of its basic position, which is people are idiots because life is hard, which, fair. So you get some of the bank robber situation outlined, but only in very broad strokes, because as you progress through the book, it kind of goes back to fill in more and more details. Uh, we also spend a lot of time with the police officers, Jack and Jim. So Jack is the son. He's younger. He's a bit more ambitious, dedicated. His dad, Jim,
1: I don't think ever really wanted him to be a police officer. Is that right? Is it? Yeah, I don't think he wanted him to follow in his footsteps at all.
0: But they work together now. And it, it can be tense at times because his dad is kind of like, eh, whatever. And his son wants to really, I guess, make his mark. There's also a bit of tension because they're in the middle of this hostage situation and I think it's like New Year's Eve or something. It's sort of a a weird time and a lot of people aren't at work and there's not a lot of police officers on duty anyway. And this kind of, it's set in a small town and they're absolutely dreading the sort of hostage negotiator from Stockholm showing up and kind of like taking over everything. So... (laughs) Jack, I think, really wants to get everything solved and sorted before the stock homer can come in and, I guess, like take all the credit. There's a bit of moving backwards and forwards in time to examine certain connections, see there's one character who's in therapy and we see quite a lot of their therapy sessions, get some background on the bank robber and what brought them into this moment. So we flip backwards and forwards between the, the kind of time afterwards when everyone's got out of the apartment, the police officers are trying to kind of interview people and find out what happened. And what was going on while the bank robber was actually in the apartment with all the hostages i was really impatient to get into the apartment with the people and i felt like the beginning of the book took a really long time to get us in there which i was frustrating And even once you're in there, the narrative does often move outside to what the police were doing or thinking, which I found much more interesting once I already had kind of the context of what was going on in there. Maybe this is partly because I'd obviously, I'd heard Joe talk about it. So I I kind of knew that the people hadn't been in any great danger. Although, to be honest, because that's stated pretty clearly in the blurb as well, I guess that's not really a, you couldn't call that a spoiler by any stretch of the imagination. So I was kind of like, I, I... I know that there's something interesting going on in there, because I know that whatever brought the bank robber into this moment, like they're not here to hold hostages and violently fight their way out of a situation, Like there's something a bit more complicated and interesting going on. So I was, I was just like, why are we spending so much time watching the police get annoyed when we could be in there finding out more about what's actually going on? There are also police interview transcripts, which I found enormously irritating, pretty much without exception. <laughs> Yeah. Because everybody talked in exactly the same way. They were it was just a string of obvious misunderstandings and painfully forced tangents. And at some point while I was reading this book, and particularly the transcript, I thought, oh, I bet they're all behaving this way for a reason. And I won't say what I thought the reason was, because spoilers, but I felt like it was pretty obvious. I also won't say whether I was right or wrong. But you know, I thought, oh, I bet there's X reason for them all being so incredibly irritating. And then I thought, okay, will that actually make up for the fact that they're being really annoying? Like, if there, is, if there is the reason that I think there is, does that make it okay that they're all winding me up so much? Yeah. And all in exactly the same way as well. Again, without wanting to give anything away, I will tell you that nothing about the ending made me go, oh, now I think that that was really clever and or funny.
1: No, and also, I found that after the episode, more people have begun reading this book everyone found the ending super emotional and they're really insightful and I was just there like have I missed something <laughs> I'm like I didn't I didn't feel any I was just like okay I finished this book like I didn't feel like I was like oh how how emotional
0: yeah I, I mean I'll come to my thoughts on the ending a bit later because I think it's an interesting this whole book is kind of an interesting one in the sense that It feels like... I'm not quite sure what it was trying to do, I guess.
1: but I think it was meant to be really insightful into how humans can react and how sometimes humans are pushed to make decisions that seem drastic for... Yeah. I guess it plays on that question, like, would you rob a store to feed your family even though you know robbing is is wrong do you know what i mean no no no, i no i
0: i get that what but i don't know how the construction of the book actually explores that question because it doesn't really it never made me wonder whether i how i would behave in that situation because it was so surreal like everything about the characters was dialed up to 11 so they were all idiots yeah but we're actually we're skipping way ahead to it like stuff that i wanted to talk about after a bit but I just think because everything was so extreme, it made it really difficult to empathise with the characters. And I did kind of get there. Like By the end of the book, I was reasonably invested in some of them. The father-son relationship, I guess I was tolerably invested in them by the end. But it did take me a really long time to stop just finding them all irritating and nothing else. And Like you said, arguably, this is the point of the book that, you know, people, because of the circumstances of life and society and the world, people behave stupidly and make bad decisions and wind each other up. It's got this omniscient third-person narration with a really kind of strong sense of narrative voice, by which I mean it's aggressively quirky and makes a lot of very winking direct addresses to the reader about how, but aren't we all stupid sometimes? it it kind of says that at several points like oh aren't we all idiots the implication being so shouldn't we feel empathy for these particular idiots as they bumble about but it it did make it difficult to care about them because while i do agree that all people are idiots at times i think most people manage not to behave as obnoxiously as a lot of these characters do throughout like the entirety of the novel yeah i think it's it's very stylized which i think is just not for me i know a lot of people absolutely rave about this author and this book in particular i think the writing is technically good it definitely took an angle and committed to it which i respect but it didn't connect for me at all i will say the characters felt distinct even though there are quite a few of them so there are seven it it talks about there being seven strangers in the flat and it feels like a lot of characters a lot of the time because you've also got the the police outside and i won't bother going into all of the characters one by one but I will say that while if someone was mentioned by name I didn't always remember exactly who they were talking about but when we were looking at individual character conversations and moments between them in the apartment they felt really distinct and individual so I think that was that was well done. There are also some interesting connections between characters that come out over the course of the book both inside and outside the apartment which didn't feel like they served to do much. Like, they were interesting when they came out. It was like, oh, okay, so that connects to that. But it, I didn't really feel like that contributed to the message of the book, if that makes sense. I to think what I can say without kind of giving away interest, like some of the connections themselves.
1: Yeah, it's a really hard book, in my opinion. I think what baffled me the most when I read it was that you can really tell that the author is a very talented writer. And I do like when books play with sort of real life human events even if as we've said in this book it's turned up to 11 I think that's always like really interesting to to play with however I went back and I listened to the episode and listened to some of the things I've said and things that I felt on reflection because obviously when we did season one and I read a book I normally like read it the night before and then we did the podcast whereas now I read it earlier and think more on it and I just I can completely relate to what you're saying because I felt such a disconnect from what was happening. It was like I was reading a book. And I know that that sounds really weird (laughs) because obviously I'm reading a book, but a lot of the time when you read a book, you fall into the pages and you sort of watch these things happen. Well, that's how I read a book anyway. Like Mm. I feel like I'm suddenly pulled into it. Whereas with this, I did feel like I was reading something and I had no I don't want to say interest because I did have interest in finishing it, but I had no, like, connection to any of the characters. All of them were so bizarre and also idiotic that mm. I was like, you can't all be this dumb. Like, not all of you can be. There's, There's there got to be at least one smart person in this room.
0: Yeah, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking it's it's kind of like the... I'm not going to remember the technique now,
1: but there's a, there's a thing in theatre where
0: basically it's the the style of breaking the fourth wall to deliberately remind the audience that they're watching a play, and that's that's exactly what this book was doing. I think it was trying to. Well, it wasn't deliberately reminding you that you were reading a book because the narrative interjections didn't didn't do it in quite that way. But I think it was trying to keep reminding you that you weren't here to immerse yourself in these characters you were here to look at them and their behavior and understand something by it which is interesting as a technique but i didn't come away from it feeling like i'd seen a new angle on anything it didn't feel like a new angle on mental health a lot of the characters are dealing with mental health issues or particular or kind of some quite challenging emotional baggage but i don't know if it was trying to say so you should treat people with empathy because you don't know what they're dealing with and where their idiocy quote-unquote you know their particularly annoying behavior is coming from because it i don't know it didn't feel like it was strongly leaning in that direction it didn't i just remember feeling like i i didn't hate it but i don't know what it was trying to do and it it was obviously trying to do something sometimes you read a book and you're like i don't know what the message was but i enjoyed it i I don't know if it was meant you know i enjoyed it i got invested in the characters this book seemed to be very deliberately keeping you at a remove from the characters so that it could discuss something interesting and i don't know what it was discussing
1: no, no, and I think that what you were saying about when you go to a play or you watch, you know, even like a film or a TV show, and there's that obvious very dis- that that obvious disconnect. That's more fascinating because then you're you're watching these characters interact, whereas you're only sort of watching the occasional character, not really knowing the whole story yet. And you're reading it where you need to sort of immerse more into it because you can't see it. You're having to like build an image for yourself mm. that you're being removed from which I found, I think, the most baffling. For me, it's just how I am as a reader. Sure.
0: I guess it was meant to be a criticism of certain social structures, in hindsight. But it spent so much time... um, Okay, and maybe this is why I didn't want you to get too connected to the characters on a personal level, because it was exploring, like, this is how, say, the banking system hurts individuals. You don't have to like the individuals to recognise that the way they've been treated is unfair. I guess I can see how that might have been the point. But this is where I think it's worth really coming back to the ending. Without discussing what the ending was or what happened, I thought the ending was quite sweet in the way it tied things up. I was like, okay, all right, that's cute. See what you did there. But it felt like it didn't It didn't make me think, oh, that's that's where we were going with all this. That's the point that you were trying to come to. It felt like the author wrote this book that was designed to explore a message and then at the end was like, oh, but I don't want the ending to do that. I want the ending to just be like, oh, this is what happened to all the characters. There you go. Which was really jarring. And I kind of thought, okay, the ending, I didn't hate it, just like I didn't hate the rest of the book. Although it might sound like like I did because I always sound like I'm just complaining endlessly about books. But... When I was writing my notes up, I was like, okay, so I I kind of liked the ending in that it felt like it tied things up reasonably nicely, but was it enough to kind of justify how annoying the rest of the book was? And now I'm looking at it differently. I'm thinking, actually, I mean, it didn't for me. I still don't think I'd want to reread it because it was just such, I felt like I was dragging myself through bits of it because the characters were just doing my head in. But I had said I might reread the last few chapters again sometime. Because that's where I sort of felt like, oh, I'm kind of interested in how these characters are resolving stuff between themselves or not. And now I'm thinking that's run so counter to what the rest of the book was doing. It's like I read the ending of a completely different book. Yeah, it was. And maybe if it had really committed to that and used the ending to really hammer home a point, any point rather than going a kind of narratively satisfying route, then it would be like, oh, okay, so it's not a book that you're supposed to read and enjoy in the way that you might read and enjoy other stories. It's more like a political exercise than anything else,
1: which at least would have been
0: consistent, even if not that much fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was a very baffling book. I remember at the time, and I think that the fact that I couldn't really describe it was what intrigued you the most. Because mm. when I listened back, you were like, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And I was thinking—I remember even thinking to myself then, like, "Oh, Laura, <laughs> it's something. It, it is
0: something." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm ready to wrap up. I don't know if you to ask me about. okay. No. <laughs> so, I thought it had its moments. Yeah. Some parts did make me laugh. It had it had funny moments. The first half of the book, I felt like I was forcing myself to keep reading because I wanted to to put the pieces together and find out. I wanted to find out if I was right about my prediction as to why everyone was behaving so moronically. And I wanted to get into that apartment and find out what was going on in there. I did eventually warm up to some of the characters enough that it stopped feeling quite so painful. They never stopped being irritating. But towards the end of the book, I was kind of... Oh, well, I get it with some of them. I don't remember liking a single police interview. They can all burn as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and some of the moments in the apartment that came out later were genuinely touching between some of those characters. And and I like some of the connections that you learned about kind of through time, either their connections to particular actions in the past or connections to other characters that they may or may not have been aware of. It just, it felt like it needed to either lean harder into being an exercise in examining societal structural issues or try harder to be narratively compelling with characters who you could actually empathize with it straddled that line for me in a way that made it neither one thing nor the other and it made it really frustrating at points in terms of my seashell rating i've given it two and a half shells i've tacked an extra half on for having a lot of heart and oh. some solid writing even though it was doing something that I didn't like very much. But basically it was okay. I didn't like it that much. I do not quite understand why people are raving about it, but I guess it's a style thing. It's just the yeah. style did. Not, I did not get on with it
1: at all and other people did. And fair play takes all sorts. So uh, just just for interest purposes mainly, but would you take this to your inner library?
0: I would not. No, no not even no. if I had okay. an empty shelf, I don't think. I just, <laughs> is it, I'm, I'm glad I read it because I do think it was interesting. And if nothing else, I think it's, for me, a good example of why you want to set out to write a book knowing what kind of a book you're trying to write.
1: Yep. Never before have I thought someone that definitely needs a good solid plot yeah. in their life. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to read more of their work, I think, and then see if maybe it's just a styling choice in this particular book. I just I don't mind putting all my trust in an author and following them over over a cliff's edge, but when the cliff starts, you know, changing shape into a building ledge, then into a balcony, and then into a bush, I'm a bit I'm a bit baffled, and I don't know what I'm following you for. So, yeah, that's how I would describe this. Right, well. Wow to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a song of wraiths and ruined I'm gonna kick off with my pitch first obviously I gave the world's greatest blurb reading so it's gonna be really hard to follow that <laughs> when Nadia Malik's younger sister is taken the only way he can get her back is to kill Karina Karina though isn't just some girl no of course she isn't Karina has recently lost her mother and is the crown princess whose court is in midst of a political upheaval all because of it she has to keep a straight face because if anyone finds out the Queen is dead, Karina's life will get all that much harder. Although she is also trying to resurrect her mum, so there's that to contend with. All she needs is the heart of a king and she hopes to gain one by offering her hand in marriage to the victor of the Solstastia competition. Malik decides this is the best option to save his sister's life, worming his way in, hoping to become the king, unbeknown to him, how deadly this choice may be. Very nice. Yeah, I smashed it, not gonna lie. I'm gonna do my sort of go through in a completely different way there are things that I loved and there were things that I didn't love so much so I'm gonna try and mix them up a little bit but I'm gonna like stay mainly in the loved then go to the not loved and then sort of go back so that you know no one thinks I hate the book because (laughs) there's a few there's a few things for me that really stuck out I was invested in the book I was determined to finish it at no point did I want to put the book down and walk away from that. And I just want to start that off because I can't lie and say that I found this book completely thrilling the entire time I was reading it. At times I was baffled and I had to go back several pages just to make sure I hadn't missed something to only learn that the information I needed to understand that part was in the next chapter, which was a whole baffling experience for me because fantasy is something that I love, but I feel like it takes more of my brain power to read fantasy than I have sometimes, which is why I don't tend to opt to read too much fantasy because I don't have all that much time. But saying that, I really loved the cultural standpoint in this book. I loved how well infused the story is with the West African folklore. You can really fill that in. And it's. I really like that the author chose to sort of take influence and infuse that in the story because it definitely stood out in all of the fantasy books I've read recently. There's a lot of diversity and representation in the book and it has a, a very core mental health thread running throughout with panic attacks and grief which I thought was amazing and I'm so here for and I was just, I felt like I could be a part of this world and not be judged which is really nice in a fantasy book and I really really enjoyed that. Malik's anxiety was really well handled and documented and presented for me as somebody who suffers with anxiety a lot of the time, like even just what I want for my dinner can set me off sometimes. It was really nice to see how it was tackled as well as I I really did appreciate how much the author spent time with Karina's grief and her headaches and handled that side of things as well so we got both sides of the same coin i thought it was definitely a lot more compelling and it definitely stood out a lot more in a, in a ya fantasy than you're used to normally the you know both the leading characters are normally so badass that they have zero flaws except for the fact that you know <laughs> they occasionally get shanked or something like that whereas this they they very well presented themselves with this is currently my crutch that i you know, this is, this is something that I'm dealing with. And I thought that was really, really nice. It also made the characters a lot more three-dimensional in a world which often felt slightly larger than them, which leads me on to one of my meh points, as I've called it, was that I didn't feel like I really understood the world. Mm -hmm. Now the world felt massive and I mean massive. We were only sort of in a small area of what I imagine is this world and it felt so big that it felt flat to me the best way for me to describe it is probably like early designs of a game you know where you can see the characters running around but everything's not loaded properly yet it reminded me a bit of that and at times I was so lost where the characters were and what they were doing that it pulled me out and if, if thankfully the characters weren't so, you know, well fleshed out, I think it would be a turning point for me because when you're immersing yourself in such a world, you, you want to you wanna know what it smells like, you want to know what it feels like and that was really hard to, to guess. There were some really cute moments where we got to really picture the world, but they were more few and far between than I think I would have liked in a fantasy as as amazing as this one really because it's got so many good points to it that I just wish those things had been dialed up a little bit. I think if if it's all right if I jump in for a sec, I completely agree
0: and I think when I was reading it I felt like you get the odd moment that felt really well fleshed out and the odd kind of scene where you thought, "Oh, this I feel like I know what this room is like." But then it would be like, I think another analogy is like in The Sims when you're, if you're not cheating for money, your Sim doesn't have any money yet. So you like put all your money into decorating the bedroom or whatever, and then the rest of the house is just like empty. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah. And
0: there were definitely moments where not even just in terms of the the environment, but in terms of the world building from a more kind of like the festival point of view, where I would be thinking, when, when does the next thing have to happen? because I don't, I'm not sure whether this kind of hanging about is is rushed, because they've got to get to the next stage of the festival, or whether they've got time to sit and chat. I felt like there were elements of that part of the world building as well that didn't feel that well communicated, I guess, or that well developed. I don't know whether the author knew in her head exactly how long there was between every stage and what was meant to be happening. And that just wasn't communicated to us. Or whether the author had a sense of, okay, well, there's this bit, and there's this bit, but I don't know how they link together. But you know, it doesn't really matter because the focus is on what's going on between these characters in this moment. But for me, it would have been nice to have some of those moments more grounded in a strong sense of the the wider world and what was going on.
1: Yeah. So I was actually, that was my next point. Sorry. No, no, no. I really like it because it's like helped me get into it. I thought the idea of the competition was really really fascinating and I really wanted I'm torn because I either want more of it or I didn't want it at all mm. for saying it was such a huge part of the book it took up very little space in the story and if you actually go through and you find the chapters that it's in that I think that it's literally a handful compared to the rest of the book and I don't think that's a good thing I don't think this this pivotal moment should have been dependent on something we didn't spend any time with especially when there were areas of the rest of the world that felt so distant to us but then became so important during the competition that I actually wasn't interested in it I just wanted to get back to them which I thought was really sad because I'd been so excited for it but I did I, I did like it and the sections that was in I thought it brought the characters together in a really believable way and I guess that was the whole point of it but I just it either needed exploring more or cutting of just having it as like as one competition long day, like a gladiator battle, which then sort of leads me on to a, another mare point. At times it felt like there was just so much going on and there were threads just literally all over the place. Like someone had just thrown a sewing box all over this place, but the pacing in the book felt so off. At times it was dialed up to like 150 and then sometimes it was like 10. And the first part of the book, after we initially meet Malik, it really drops until, you know, it picks up in in key moments, but it it drops off until the competition nears. But it's not done with tension. It's not done with any sort of urgency. So like the first half of the book, while we should be getting world building and, you know, leading up and all this tension and all this, oh my God, will will they, won't they, and all this it's weird. Karina's like escaping the palace. She's hanging out where she shouldn't be. Malik's, you know, getting distracted by this very cute princess that he's got to kill. And I'm like, (laughs) you're getting attached. And I don't know why you're getting attached because you have to kill her. And it all feels a little bit thin, which then made it really difficult, I think, to then engage with as the latter part of the book. And I'm talking the last 15% of the book was so fast. It gave me... Whiplash, and I wanted that slowed down, and I wanted maybe the beginning to be parts of it chopped. It's hard because this is the first book in in a series, so I'm hoping that it'll even out in the second book. So I'm trying not to judge it too harshly because first books are always really hard in a a fantasy series, should I say? Because you're having to world build, set your characters up, set the plot up. You got to do so much in so little time that it can something does always feel a little bit thin unfortunately it's just it's just the way it goes and I mean even the greats have done that like I recently reread Shadow and Bone and I've noticed how thin the first book is in that series compared to the latter two and especially then you know the spin-off of The the Crows and that was really interesting and obviously because of that I try I'm trying not to judge the book too much but If the pacing is more like the latter part of the book, I'm very excited for book two. If we're going to have to dial it back again and then rework back up the mountain, I'm not sure if I'm going to carry on the series is more, more or less what I'm trying to say. When I went back to listen to the episode, I thought it was really interesting that I had commented that it gave me Mr. and Mrs. Smith vibe because it definitely did when I first started reading the book again. And (laughs) I thought it was just really funny and I just wanted to bring it full circle to go back to the review that Laura did. I liked how they both had their own agenda. Both are a little reluctant to action on it. It made it a lot more compelling than I expected, especially at the halfway point in the book. I also thought it was a really interesting device in the way that they switched it up. Because normally, and I think we've read books very recently, even on the podcast, where the character has to go and kill somebody. It's the only way the world will survive. And in this book, it's like, okay, they both got to kill the other person. So (laughs) one of them is going to lose. I also
0: really liked that it was very personal for both them, yes. that it wasn't yeah. you have to kill this person to save the world it was you have to kill this person for the sake of somebody you love yeah and that's it it's for your personal world and that's that's the only extent of it
1: yeah yeah definitely <sighs> Karina mm. Karina needs a punch to the face does Aww. Karina she was so irritating at times her flip-flop nature became more aggravating and I think that's in comparison to how Malik's personality and character grew from strength to strength throughout the entire book when we first meet him I was like oh I don't know if I'm gonna be able to throw hands for you my good friend and as the book went on I was literally like I'm gonna die for you I'm literally gonna throw my life down to protect you and your poor anxious state because you're a cutie He was. and you need to just stab her because you <laughs> you have to get Nadia back Karina I wanted to get behind I love." A strong character with a strong head who has her flaws and acknowledges them. And I feel like at the beginning, Karina's character really does that. But as the book goes on, and I know she was grieving. And I know often in those sort of states, the emotions are dialed up to like three billion. But she felt so difficult to get behind. There were moments where she just purposely pushed and pushed and pushed. And I get it. I do. I But it was unnecessary and it became really tiresome really quickly to the point that when it came to her chapter, because it alternates chapters, I should say, I was like, oh, do one, will you? I want to get back to Malik." And unfortunately, again, it's it's the old trope, isn't it? Of when you write fantasy, there's always going to be one character that everyone's going to like throw hands for. There's the other one, she just comes off mildly more irritating. But I felt like it was more intentional that we found her irritating. And then at the end, obviously, I'm not going to ruin it but I was like okay brilliant well done you you've outsmarted everyone great and I'm like I I can't I can't get behind you because at the minute your personality is so frustrating that I want you to be stabbed like I want you to be stabbed (laughs) (laughs) um I'm hoping she redeems herself and I think she's got a good platform to do that in the second book now and I feel like she's got a lot of growth that she needs to go on which will be really interesting to read and I'm actually really excited to see how the author handles that however if we continue the same path again with this character in the second book I don't think I'm going to be the only person that's going to be upset by this because I, I noticed it was a very common theme running through most of the reviews was because I actually and I don't do this either I actually went to some of the reviews while I was reading the book to make sure that I just wasn't missing something because I knew how much you loved this book. And I was like, am I missing something? Am I dead inside? Like, <laughs> why is some of these things bothering me so much? And it was really nice that I could go to some of the reviews. And I'd already guessed some elements of the story. So, I mean, don't go and read the reviews halfway through a book because you do get spoilers. But I'd already, I'd assumed a lot of things were going to happen. So nothing was catching me off by surprise anyway. And it was really nice to know that Karina's character felt off for a lot of people and not just myself. But because she's more of a mare. In, in this whole review situation. I just want to spend a bit of time just heroically thanking the author for giving us a character such as Malik, who was so broken at the beginning and suddenly finds himself and finds his voice and finds power in his struggle. And I just thought it was just so motivating. And at times it actually got me a little bit emotional because it's so nice to know that anxiety is being represented in a book in such a way where it's not... It's not the entire character. It's not who they are. It's something they have. And it was well delivered in this book. It was it was really shown that it's a separation from him. It's a part of him, but it's not him. Because so often in books, it becomes everything that they are. Everything that they do and everything that they'll ever accomplish is all because of this. And it was just really nice for me that it was handled in that way. And I literally will die for Malik if the choice is there. If the author needs blood for Malik I will happily donate just a last little little point before I talk about things that I really liked I should have probably mentioned this with the world buildings but the magic system seems a bit thin on the ground for me Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand what was going off yeah I was just along for the ride I was just pulled from chapter to chapter and especially when it started to get really introduced through Malik, I was like, this is going to be great. I can't wait to explore this more. And then didn't. And I'm like, oh no. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to put a pin in that one because I think it's most likely that we'll read book two as part of the podcast since we've both read it. And I'm going to put a pin in it and hope that that is rectified in book two. I just wanted to mention it. I also wanted to mention that the romance isn't quite there yet. I didn't find it wholeheartedly believable. I am the romance queen of the podcast. So I feel like I am allowed to say that. I am... Smush Princess. <laughs> I didn't get smush vibes and I knew I wasn't going to get smush vibes. I don't feel like it was it was very there yet, but I also don't think it's going to be. So again, I'm going to put a pin in that for book 2 because I think that's going to be something that's going to be developed over the series, which actually makes it a love for me because I love that instantly we haven't had them you know, falling on each other's sword for one another. We haven't Romeo and Julieted yet. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really, a really clever choice. And I'm really glad the authors took that direction because, you know, so often we end up having to feel like the two main characters, that's it. (sighs) We're going to, they're going to fall out and then they're going to make up in book two and then they're going to fall out at the end of book two. But somehow everything comes together by book three. I don't know how many books are in this series, by the way. I'm just making a generalised assumption. But I liked that sort of they're left in a weird place in book one, but they never really got to explore how they really felt about one another. Hmm. But I'm just hoping that the romance doesn't just instantly pick up in book two because it's not been properly developed yet. So that's why I wanted to mention it. Have you got anything you want to ask me before I sort of like do my roundup? I don't think so. I think you kind of smashed it Uh, smashed it
0: (laughs) smashed it yeah I remember just being completely in love with this book but I also completely agree with most of what you would said I know Karina was annoying at points I think I I loved her anyway but I can also completely see how how you would want her to be stabbed yeah (laughs) and strong agree on all of your points about the world building and the magic system the magic system was kind of a disappointment to me but also I, I remember what you mean about the... I think there's kind of good reason that it's not explored yeah. better in book one, but it was still kind of frustrating that we didn't get anything. Yeah. But yeah, no, definitely going to be an interesting one to revisit in book two and see if there's a more structured approach to it um, yeah. and more information for us.
1: Yeah. As much as I know I've, I've been... I flip-flopped a lot in this review is because actually... If you notice that I flip-flop, it's normally because I've actually enjoyed the book. It's normally that I want to go, I know it has these good points, but these are the things that I didn't love about it so much that I would love to see like rectified. And Mm -hmm. especially in a series, I think it gives that platform to... Because a review is basically not for the author, It's it's for other readers. It's so that you know what you're going into when you're reading a book. And I always think it's really interesting to go... I absolutely like love this book but however these are some things you have to consider when you're going into it because they are things that you know you might not enjoy. I thought the ending was really beautiful and well handled. It settled the next book really really well and I'm quite excited to see where it goes from this. I'm definitely interested in reading it. Even if I didn't wholeheartedly like love this book and love every element of it. It hasn't deterred me. If anything, it's more given me more focus to know what I would like to see in the next book, which I don't want to like put too much pressure on the author because obviously they're going to be listening. (laughs) Um but a whole lot does like live on the on book two shoulders, which is a lot of pressure for a book And I know I'm not the only person who feels like this, but I mean, the inspiration from the book has never been seen before. I don't, well, except I think it's a Children of Bone and Blood. I've got the, I've got the title wrong. And I really love that book because we got, we got like a completely different inspiration behind the book and different folklore. And I think it elevates a book. It makes it stand out amongst the shelves because it takes inspiration from somewhere else. Obviously, if you're long listeners or if you're new, me and Laura are both white. So I can't really comment on race. But I know that there's a lot, a lot of reviews who were just so happy that the two main characters were people of colour. And I'm so happy that that representation is being handled in fantasy because so often Mm -hmm. we are following a white protagonist. There's so much Eurocentric fantasy. So There is. It's really
0: exciting to see more breakout voices from... Yeah, from just other parts of the world, gaining more traction and being more kind of commercially recognized and picked up on like Bookstagram and Book Twitter and really being celebrated there.
1: Yeah, definitely. So for that reason, it's just such an exciting book to just go on. I think anybody who wholeheartedly throws their hands up in the air and says, I love this book and there's nothing bad about it, hasn't read the book properly. But saying that, every single fantasy book is the same every single fantasy book has some element that is thinned down because as much as we all say we want to sit there and read a thousand (laughs) page book, we don't. And they've got to make difficult choices and fair credit to fantasy authors because it's so freaking hard, let me tell you, to world build, character elevate and give a plot. It's hard and it's hard to find that balance. So I actually want to applaud the author for choosing the direction that she chose and to go character driven because again, not something we see every day in fantasy. So... Well done, you. Again, I just want to give another roundup of just how impressed I was about Malik's character and how his mental illness plays a role in the climax of the story. It feels very validating and it's definitely going to be one of the big main reasons I'm going to read the second book because I want to see what happens with that. And I just want to like thank everybody, I guess, for just making that happen and making these steps in fiction to make characters who have mental health struggles happen and and you know it's the it's the cry out for representation that is meaning that people are now starting to be being seen in books because as a child the reason I struggled so much with fantasy was because I'm not a badass they never seem to have that same like brain struggle as myself and the fact that Malik did and Malik was so You know, people around him were just like, "Oh my god, he's having a panic attack." Oh, okay, this is what we need to do, and they were like so well versed in how to handle it. And you know, he didn't shy away. He didn't keep it a secret. He was he was like, "This is just a part of me." Just just was just amazing. Amazing. I wish I wish the book had been around a little bit when I was younger, just so I could have that. When it came to my seashell writing. I of no surprise to anybody I gave it a four out of five there's definitely more things I loved about it than I didn't but I I want to be honest and say it didn't hit the five because of the the things that I've mentioned already I wouldn't say there's anything larger that I've kept out because of spoilers there isn't I've covered all the main things that you could find problematic with this book Well, not problematic but like difficult I guess with this book which hasn't really impacted my scoring too much but
0: yeah Okay, so then of course I have to ask, would you take
1: Song of Wraiths and Ruin to the island library with you? I'm not. Fair enough. Because I'm going to judge it on book two to mm-hmm. see if it gets a space. But also, I share the island with you so I can just borrow your copy if I do get the inkling. To do it. I'm
0: pretty sure you've told me I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah, but you know... I'm gonna I'm, but now you're am, changing
1: the rules I see no I see. no no no, no. I am gonna wait for book two I can read it out loud to yeah you. you can read it out loud to me I won't touch your shelf but you can read to me and I'll read to you but yeah I'm I'm literally I'm gonna wait for book two to make that decision I think just because there's so many like things that I'm a little bit like mm, that I I need to to know that they're going to be handled well before I commit to having it on my shelf especially because during season two our shelves are full yeah it's hard to think of what I would knock off for this book. And when I looked at the shelf to to think about mm, what could I... I feel like it does really need to redeem itself a little bit before I can confidently knock off one of my faves currently into the sea. Fair play. But yeah, I did I did enjoy it. There was a lot to love about it. It's just... I just hope and pray book two is going to smash it. Which now leads me to... The question of the week. Now I haven't done the theme song in a little while. We've taken a little hiatus, so let me just warm up the vocal cords. Now it's time for just random question of the week. Nice. Yeah. So I've gone for a little bit of fun. So I found this. It's for kids, but it will make me giggle so much. Okay. And it's by the Paper Heart family on Pinterest where I found them. So <laughs> I don't think you're ready for this. There's only five questions, but they're hilarious. Would you rather slide down a rainbow or jump on a cloud? Ooh, uh,
0: slide down a rainbow in case there's a pot
1: of gold there. Ooh, I'm going to jump on a cloud because I've always thought about that. Like when I saw this first question, I was like, I've literally always thought, I wonder what a cloud feels like. I obviously know as I've got older. They do. And now I've got older, I know that you just go through it. But like, Eh. you know, yeah. Would you rather grow up fast or stay a kid forever? Obviously, it's kid orientated. But when you were a kid, did you want to? Did you always strive to like grow older, or did you want to just stay a kid? I don't know. I wanted to grow up. I think. I wanted to grow up. I wanted to get married and have so many kids like on The Sims. And now I'm like 29, about to turn 30 next year, and I'm like, yeah, kids don't seem all that great to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot, so I don't know what I'm gonna spawn. <laughs> Would you rather run like a cheetah or slither like a snail?
0: Oh I wanna run like a cheetah. I wanna slither. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i also like snails have little homes like can you imagine just being at work and be like oh i'm going home <laughs> just, just, just like, like, like I home. yeah i want to
0: be able to outrun outrun
1: everything everyone yeah yeah would you rather take a bath in ice or jelly uh, oh uh oh um i'm gonna say jelly I'm not I'm not a good cold person. I like being cold over being hot but I don't think I like freezing temperatures so I'm gonna go jelly. How long do I have to be in the bath? I mean you've got to take a full on bath. You've
0: got to bath your hair in ice. Uh, Or jelly. (laughs) Oh I guess we will go with the jelly because then I can shower it off but that doesn't sound like a lot of fun I'll be honest
1: and then finally i've just switched this one slightly from how paper heart family have done it because they said school but so i'm gonna go would you rather go to work in just your underwear or run barefoot in the snow
0: i'd rather run barefoot in the snow
1: i feel like for context we should all, all know and if you don't follow laura on instagram also what are you doing but she last night before this she went on like a like a dip in the sea under the moon. Like she crazy. She crazy. (laughs) So as soon as I saw this question, I was like, yeah, she's definitely in the snow. I work in a hospital, so I don't know how impressed people would be about me rocking up to work in my underwear. So I'm also going to run barefoot in the snow, even though I would hate every single second of it because cold on my feet is not the one. But that was the Would You Rather from Paper Heart Family, which I thought was just fun. That was fun. Yeah. I love that, like, You're going to be a cheater and I could just climb on your back as a snail and then we can travel the world together. You can slither like a snail on my back and I will run you to where you need to be. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. That's all right. If you love this episode, you can follow us for more updates on the books that we're currently reading or as well, I've been asking a lot on Instagram what books people have found really interesting so we can gain some more books Mm. and some more discussions. So you should go and follow us on Instagram at the Island Library Podcast or if you've got books recommendations please email us at the island library at gmail.com you can also
0: follow us on twitter where we are at the island pod and feel free to if you are so inclined and have the income to spare drop us some support on patreon we absolutely appreciate it it goes towards just keeping the podcast going it's a lot of fun the little community that we're building on there if you would like to join our book club then you can do that. That's one of our tiers on Patreon. We meet monthly to discuss one or two books. And we do take suggestions from people within the book club for that as well. And those discussions are always great. If you don't want to or are not able to support us on Patreon, we still absolutely love all of our listeners. If you can rate and review and Shout about us to friends and family. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much
1: for giving us your time. Yes, thank you so, so much. You have made all of our dreams come true. Thank you, Joe, for recording with me. No, thank you for having me in your home. <laughs> and I
0: will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
1: I just read my notes because i've jumped around a lot i should have wrote it in order (laughs) oh